Well, look, you know, it's like many people, it was uh, maybe wasn't completely surprising, but still very sad and, and shocking at the same time, because this is a character that has been, you know, had, had such a huge imprint um, in Irish life, um, and not just Irish life, internationally as well. Um, I grew up listening to his music. Um, I think I have one of the early albums in my collection, R- Rum Sodomy and the Lash, and we all like love fairy tale of New York. So it was, um, it was sad to hear the news yesterday, and sort of poignant as well when you realise that today is the first of December, and from today that song is going to be probably playing everywhere, and even more so now this year. And you got to meet the man. I did. I was thinking about that quite a lot yesterday. Um, now this is going back quite a few years um, to early in my career. I was working in agency um, in Dublin and I was working on a very big event um, for the Irish music industry, which was the Irish Rock Awards. Now, we're going back to um, 1998, actually, almost well over 20 years ago, 25 years ago now, I think. And the event was based in Belfast. Um, looking back at it now, it was an incredible weekend because it was a big music event. It was also taking place in Belfast at the very same time as the Good Friday Agreement was being brokered. So I can remember um, going up to work on the event on the train and the train stopping in, um, in Drod, I think, for security reasons. We were all put off the train, bust to Belfast and myself and most of the Irish music industry and most of the Irish politicians were all staying in the Europa Hotel, which is the most bombed hotel in Europe. Um, and I can remember thinking to myself, because the tension in the air was palpable uh, and there was security everywhere and we were stopped everywhere we went and, and checked and asked what our business was and what we were doing. And I can remember thinking to myself, oh my God, this is the most bombed hotel in Europe. And if somebody wants to make a statement while all these negotiations are going on, they can, in, in one fell swoop, they can get rid of like a lot of Irish musicians and politicians at the same time. Um, so we were going up and down from the Europa to the BBC, uh, where the rock awards were taking place and where it was being recorded and it was an enormous event an enormous logistical event for us to and we were working closely with the BBC on it and from an event management point of view and from a publicity point of view and we were all assigned various tasks um, and one of the tasks I was assigned um, almost as a by the by was uh, well Shane's, Shane's going to be here later Shane's appearing at the event um, so Alma you're fairly responsible now um, you're going to be Shane's minder for the evening now and you just look after him and keep an eye on him um, and at the end of that they also said and you know we have a free bar now at the BBC so um, it's your job to get Shane safely back to the Europa um, at the end of the night so um, it was quite a, a large task, actually, when you think about it, uh, considering the type of event it was and the type of man he was that we know now. So that was my job. I had to keep an eye on Shane. He arrived with um, a fairly big entourage, and um, they were all in, in, in great form, and um, I think he might have won an award on the night. And at the end of the night, then, it was my job to try and get him back um, to the Europa Hotel. Um and I started, I suppose, by, you know, politely cajoling him and asking him, you know, did he want to leave? It was time to leave. Like, you know, I should get him back to the hotel. But they were in for a great session. And um, that was a more difficult task than I realised. And Alma, what struck you about him? What kind of fellow was he? Do you know, he was, 
there was a gentleness about him. He's a gentle soul, really. Um, and I know a lot has been said yesterday about him being um, a poet, you know, as well as a great musician. And there was a bit of a poet about him. Um, he was quiet. He was very obliging. Um, of course, I mean, there was there was there was a lot of drinking going on that night, like more than I would have seen probably in, in my lifetime up to then. But that was all kind of part and parcel of um, of the lifestyle. Um, but he was um, he was a nice man, a quiet man, a gentleman. Um, obviously, very very talented, and um, I found him I found him very polite, very polite to deal with. And I imagine that encounter will stay with you forever. It will, and when I look back on it now, it was just um, not just Shane, but it was it was a really bizarre night because we there was. Um, not just Shane, but there was Boyzone, there was U2, there was, um, you know, all of the, the big bands at the time, Something Happens. Um, and then there was the likes of, you know, David Trimble and John Hume. Um, I can remember we had um, we had to look after everybody with the limousine company. So there was black limousines left, right and centre in Belfast and lots of fans standing outside the hotel waiting to catch a glimpse of Shane McGowan or Boyzone or, um, or U2. And I can remember at one stage a limo pulling up and all these girls were screaming outside. They were actually waiting for Ronan Keating from Boyzone. Um, and they were very disappointed when the door opened and John Hume got out and walked into the Europa. And I suppose he was bemused by the amount of sort of young screaming girls outside. It's not something that he would normally be uh, you know, coming upon in the course of his work.